Welcome to the Barefoot Chats podcast by Backbone. I'm your host, Samson. On this episode, I speak with Andrew Tuttle from APRA MCOS, and we speak about all things to do with licensing your own music and licensing music for live streaming. Take a listen. Thank you, Andrew, for being on the very first Backbone podcast. It's wonderful to have you here. Thanks so much for having me. It's, you know, love over everything Backbone, so it's really great to be involved with this. Well, thank you. We love you too. Um, <laughs> so I thought it would be best to hear it from the horse's mouth. What is it that you do, Andrew? Can you just tell us? Of course. So my role at APRA AMCOS is I work in the writer services department. Uh, my role there is the manager of national engagement. So more broadly speaking, um, writer services, where the port of call for your um, for APRA songwriter and composer members. So anyone who's a musician who's writing songs and is registered with APRA, um, the team that I'm in are the first ports of call for any query. That's kind of everything from, you know, um, really in-depth questions about royalties to I've got a song, how do I join up or how do I receive royalties for live performances and things like that. And as well as that side of the things, um, I work with a team in offices all around Australia, including here in lovely Brisbane. Um, and as well as that, I also um, work with the writer services team to implement, develop and implement a series of national songwriting and music industry focused events. So we've had events at heaps of different venues all around the country, including a session at Backbone a couple of years back. I remember that one. Uh, yeah, fantastic. So you're sort of on the side of representing the musicians and the artists themselves um, to Correct. get... Right, awesome. Because um, usually on my side of things, I'm there on the... I really would love to use a song um, for dramatic context. So I'm usually yeah. on the other side of this whole conversation. So that's really an interesting perspective. Um, I guess it's probably... You're the best person to ask then. I... Do you have like an explain like I'm five, how do royalties actually work for musicians when they register their song with you guys at APRA? Yeah, so it's a um, really basic concept it's called that kind of can be quite developed from there. So essentially when you think of a song, there's elements of a different elements of copyright within a song. So um, I guess going back right to the start is under Australian copyright law, you actually have automatic copyright protection as soon as the song you've created or any, you know, creative thing that you've done exists in a material form. So, you know, in the case of a song that's, you know, it could, it could be a proper studio recording or something like that or a home studio. It could even just be you've written lyrics and put them on your iPhone or you've, um, you know, recorded a voice demo of some music. So in that first yeah. instance, where the song exists, it's free and automatic copyright. You don't have to formally copyright your songs. Where APRA comes in, it's a slightly different element. So within any song um, or musical piece of work, there's a couple of different copyrights. There's the copyright relating to sound recording, which is separate from what we do. And there's also the copyright relating to the songwriting, which is where we come in. So essentially what we do is we... Um, we're a rights management organisation looking after what are called the performing and mechanical rights, which are both to do with songwriting within a song. So the reason people join up to APRA is if your song's been, 
you know, played live, if it's, you know, on radio, TV, if it's being downloaded, streamed, et cetera, et cetera. The, the license fees that are paid to organizations like APRA, which are then paid out as royalties to those songwriters, composers, and their music publishers. Right. Okay. So it's about understanding all of those sorts of levels of the composer, the lyricist, and making yeah. sure all the money gets back to the right people. That's correct. And um, the way that we receive that is um, the, all the different you know uses of music that happen in Australia and also around the world through our partner organisations in each country. Mm. Um, depending on the kind of way that music's being used, there's different reporting systems for licensing, which are then paid out to royalties in different ways. So if your song is being played on the radio, a, you know, there's a calculation for how that gets paid out. If your song's being played live, there's a calculation for that, how that gets paid out and so on. Fantastic. And so when you play your own song that you've written live, if you've registered it all correctly with APRA, do you get paid yeah. for that? Yes. Ah. So the, um, the live one's a really great one. So it's a little bit different though, and um, as well as being a um, – staff member at APRA, I'm also a songwriter and a member at APRA member, so I can say this as well, but there's most of the things we do, are um, we receive that data automatically. Um, so if it's radio, TV, streaming, etc., it's easy to just get data logs. Um, with live, you know, when you play a, uh, do a live performance, you're also entitled to a royalty for that via a self-recording system. And the reason we do that is essentially to make the live of you know, venues that host um, music from um, much easier. So if someone's playing a show at Backbone or they're playing at um, Black Bear Lodge or the Foundry or, you know, up to bigger levels of venues and smaller venues as well, rather than asking the venue to then ask the musicians to give a set list of each song they played at each show, um, the license that a venue takes out covers all music played in the venue. Um, so the what we do for songwriters is we've got a system called Performance Reports and if you, you know, if you're gigging, you let us know the um, gigs you've played, the songs that mm. you've played at them, and then a royalty is paid out once a year. So the songs that you write, you, you'll co-write, you receive a royalty for. If you're doing covers, you can still include them so that whoever wrote the original receives a songwriting royalty as well. Amazing. That seems like a, such a complex web, um, but thank, thankfully APRA is there to help us through it. Um, yeah. In the world of, that we're currently in the moment, there's lots of live streaming going on and even some pre-recording to then play it, um, you know, in a live broadcast. Uh, how is APRA sort of uh, working within that world and working with artists to make sure um, that those sort of like entitlements are actually getting t- uh, forwarded back to them. Yeah, so that's one that is a, it's very much a work in progress. Uh, I guess I sound like I'm equivocating a bit at times, but it's very much a work in progress because we're we're working with you know promoters, sites, and everything like that to kind of make sure that royalties are, are where they're being collected are being paid on. Yeah. Uh, I guess the best way to talk about I'll talk about it would be ultimately to keep an eye on our website apraempost.com.au we're updating our list of um, licensing regarding uh, streaming as it goes um, yeah so I guess that's one where we're, we're still f- trying to figure out the best way of making sure that music, uh, musicians and promoters are able to play um, have the license to play these songs but also to do it in a way where it's not too onerous for everyone involved. Yeah, because I there's definitely, um, you know, I've seen a lot of brilliant live feeds with artists who are playing their own music and, mm. yeah, I, and they obviously own that copyright as you 
yeah. described. So I feel like that's quite a bit easier than artists, um, say, you know, who do cabaret style shows, so drag, uh, or even artists that sing covers, um, things like that, and and DJs even who DJ other people's music. Um, I just yeah wonder how that is all working. Like obviously they all those artists still want to do what they do best and yeah, entertain. Definitely. Yeah, but how can they actually? Um, Make sure that they're paying the yeah. appropriate fees. So yeah, the best the best way to go about that. Um, and I guess to preface this, I mm. I'm working with the writer side of things. I'm across, but not the authoritative person on the uh, licensing side of things. But the what APRA and Costa and also PPCA, who's the equivalent of APRA for sound recording royalties. Yeah. Um, we came together to um, start an organisation called One Music. So. From the licensing side of things, that means that if you um, take out a license that covers both the songwriting and the recording copyrights, uh, in terms of everything live streaming, and particularly for, as you mentioned, um, you know, cabaret performances and everything like that that has that element of pre-recorded music, um, I think as it's quite fast-moving as we're licensing different organisations and licensing some of the major streaming sites for you know, larger amounts as this goes on. Mm. Uh, OneMusic.com.au is the best, um, my absolute recommendation in the first instance. Yeah, definitely. Because like, as you were explaining before, in, you know, normal times, a venue will actually deal with the licensing fees so that everyone can play mostly what they want. Um, and yeah. there's a reporting system there. So I just wonder... Um, are you guys sort of thinking that we're moving into that space, but digital, or is it going to actually be quite a different system that um, is being sort of planned and mapped towards? We're, we're still looking at it, to be honest, just because yeah. it's a case of fitting it to what's practical and fair for both um, licensees and also songwriters as well. So mm. I guess um, it kind of, at the moment, live streaming, it falls in a interesting spot and you know as someone who's really been enjoying watching a lot of live streams and again going back to backbone of live and solo at the bolo gigs have been great um it's a case i guess at this stage where talking with a whole bunch of different stakeholders just to make sure that the license fees that are being paid would Mm -hmm. be reflective of you know also income earned from the project as well so there's, there's a few things in that space that we're working on, uh, but given that yeah. it's kind of it's different than a you know Spotify stream, but it is different than a live performance as well. Um, we're just looking about the best ways to license that. So, um, as a kind of background to that, um, license fees for different uses of music are paid by different, comp- you know, I guess there's different tariffs for different uses of music depending on a whole lot of yeah. information. So, for example, a you know, the, the royalties received, sorry, the license fee received from Spotify that covers all the music played on Spotify divided by a set amount to get a per stream rate that goes from there. Um, that's separate to live performances where, you know, the usual backbone license would be to, um, it's a certain small percent of the revenue spent on performance or, you know, yeah. venue hire throughout the year and then divided by that way. So because of the live streaming, it's not, a live gig in terms of the license fee paid, um, but it's not quite as it's not quite a stream in the traditional sense either. So it's yeah, it's one of those things we're definitely working on, and just trying to figure out how to make it fair for everyone and also to reflect that 
frequency per song rate in a live stream will likely not be the same as the per stream per song rate in a venue just because the amount of songs that are you know captured on a live stream or captured by you know something you're playing on twitch or instagram or things like that if the license is coming from that the amount of streams that are happening on those sites versus you know the amount of gigs that are happening at a live live venue throughout the year and that's where the song that's where the income for the song comes from yeah, for sure. It's such a different ball game. Like at first glance, it might seem quite similar, but yeah, there's just so much going on in terms of live streaming on online. Like, yeah. I, I jump onto Instagram and everything is just the little blue circles, just everybody live streaming at all times totally. of the day. Um, yeah. Yeah. People have just really taken to it and it's people from like all art forms, musicians. I've, I'm a drag totally. performer, so I have lots of drag artists who are all streaming yeah, stuff great. all the time. Um, yeah. And it's just such an interesting world to be in and it's um, – very interesting to discuss, uh, you know, APRA being at the forefront of having to develop what, like, the rules around it and how, like you yeah. said, how we can be fair. Yeah. And I guess one thing, and it's, I'll, I'm going to talk about it just in brief because, mm. you know, with podcasts, obviously, things go out of date. But one mm. thing we are looking at doing, and what we are doing, sorry, as of April 2020, is for the live returns that I was talking about earlier, yeah. given everything uh, COVID 19 related and that. Uh, the potential for performances anywhere in public for the next while is unlikely. Um, yeah. we're, we're paying out the live royalties to everyone who submitted previous years early this year. So usually it's paid in November each year, but this year we've been able to fast track based on last year's data and pay next month in May. Oh, so amazing. Really, yeah, really excited we've been able to do that. So... Uh, and just a few things, a few small things like that, that we as an organisation want to do to make sure that our songwriting is still being looked after. So, I mean, there there is a significant, as with the turbulence throughout the whole music and entertainment mm. industry, there's a lot of changes to our um, revenue that come through as a result of, you know, venues and cafes and restaurants and everything like that no longer being in current operations so that does have an impact on us as an organization but regardless we just want to make sure that we're doing the right thing by our members yeah absolutely and i guess like you know a little bit of um understanding from both ends goes a long way yeah so it sounds really like a a positive conversation that we're we're all getting into at the moment um yeah how can how can we be fair about it um i'm wondering if you actually know just while i think about it in my head um Mm. if if, you know, you are doing a webcast or similar, like a live stream, um, and you have acquired the rights to some music um, that you wanted to play, how do the mm. filters on, say, Facebook or Instagram, um, as an example, actually know that we've we've actually gone out to purchase the rights already and sorted that out, either with the artist directly or with a company like APRA? Yeah, so I guess there's a couple of different elements in there. So with the... Streaming, um, the sites like uh, you know Facebook and Instagram and things like that, they take out what's called a blanket license, which broadly covers the use of music in general. So, mm. um, with both of those particular organisations, they've only, they've recently started licensing to organisations like APRA and Alcavalence around the world. So, wow. a bit of a work in progress in some ways, but essentially, I guess this where the question's coming from. If you've got a licensing or you know, and or got permission from the 
songwriters or their publishers, um, there shouldn't be an issue with uh, any sites like Facebook or Instagram. But if there were issues, um, that would be a case of then being able to contact them and go, this permission has already been provided. Yeah, okay, absolutely. Yeah, because, yeah, yeah, sometimes um, I've seen some streams, you know, get taken down because, you know, copyright claims or whatever it might be. And it seems like, you know, there's a robot somewhere out there who might be scanning things at random. (laughs) Totally. And I guess guess the thing to focus, to uh, remind people on that Mm -hmm. is, Going back to what I said a bit earlier about the there being two copy um, two different copyrights within a song. So the mm. APRA license APRA side of things covers the songwriting copyrights. Um, the PBCA, the Australian equivalent, look after what's called the sound recording rights. So that's where you know even if the songwriter's got permission, um, if there hasn't been permission for the actual recording of a song, that's where those kind of bots can yeah, automatically can data match. So, but yeah, but mm. if people go to the One Music com.au website that gives them um, the ability to get the one just the, for one of a better one of a better phrase the one stop shop for music licensing. So <laughs> you know you get a license and it covers both yeah. down the songwriters and also the people who record it. So yeah, that should that should mitigate any of those issues. So yeah, excellent. And for all of our musicians who are listening, because obviously there's a lot of people who are trying to get some content out there and might want to use some yeah. copyrighted um, music, and they want to be able to obviously pay those people correctly for what they use. But then we have a lot of musicians as well, um, some of whom you've seen on live and solo um, at the Bolo, which has been super awesome. Um, all those artists have been playing their own music, um, yeah. but you know some of them might not be registered with APRA so what would be your you know tips on quickly and simply registering with you guys yeah totally so it's um, super easy to join up to APRA and cost there's no fee or no cost to become a member at any point so as an organization we're a non-government not-for-profit the way that we receive our income is through license fees which we then you know the vast majority goes back up to writers minus the administration costs so always free um if you as long as you're writing your own music you can just and if you're not a member you just join up via apraancost.com.au um and if you've joined up previously um and you've kind of forgotten about okay you've done the thing now what do you need to do you can always give, uh, give us a contact as well so we've got offices in every um, well, every, yeah, pretty much every state in the territory in Australia. So, um, you know, for example, for anyone here from Queensland, if you just email qld at apra.com.au, that's to get us through our Queensland team. And we've got staff around the country. To, again, a lot of us who work in the writer services department, we are either actively or previously, you know, gigging ourselves. So we, most of the questions that you've got, we will be able to help with. That's fantastic. Awesome. Well, Andrew, I think I've come to the end of my questions. So thank you no so much worries. for coming onto the podcast and helping us, all of us artists, with um, a couple of burning questions that we have about this brand new world of music and all the, and art and what's going on. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me along. I know that there's so much that changes in this kind of world. So if anyone's you know, unsure about where things are at the moment or just want to chat about all things royalties, um, absolutely get in contact. Awesome. We will put into the show notes all of those websites and some email addresses for anyone that's keen on getting in touch with APRA. So thanks again, Andrew. Cheers. Thanks, Samson. No worries at all.